All right, all right. My guest tonight is the guitar player and one of the singers of the rock and roll band, The Carolyn. Their debut album, This Will Begin to Make Things Right, is available right now on Spotify, and it is doing some impressive numbers. I welcome Andrew Patrick. Welcome to Locked on the Block, man. How are you living? Uh, I'm trying to hang in there during these very uncertain times. Thank you for having me. Hell yeah, man. Well, I really wanted to rush to get you on sooner rather than later because I feel like all eyes are on Georgia right now and you're in the Atlanta area. Like, what, is it, what does it look like down there as far as lockdown? With, and it's been reopened, so I know it's not locked down, but does anyone give a fuck? Like, what are people taking care of themselves? Like, what's the deal in Atlanta right now? Yeah, in spite of uh, much of the, the bad press and arguably deserved press that we've maybe gotten, like, I do feel like the majority of people still care um for instance like if i go out and get takeout or something at a restaurant the majority of people are not um you know elbow to elbow at the bar nor they're allowed to be you know i kind of feel like uh we've been forced to take things into our own hands a little bit and people are trying to be as smart as they can but you know unfortunately there are a lot of uh institutions and jobs that people can't maintain that that six foot dense uh distance but that you know just kind of comes with the territory of being an essential worker for some people. But yeah, I, I don't know, man. Uh, trying to hang in there and figuring it out day by day, like every other state, I suppose. Yeah, man. I mean, it's been interesting up here, especially because the, the push is starting where the majority of people are like reopen, reopen now. And they're starting to protest. I mean, I think by Memorial day, you're not going to be able to keep people off the beaches and whatnot, you know, mm-hmm. but we're all kind of looking to Georgia to see, you know, like, I mean, it's not, New York city as far as the density level, but you know, are we going to see a bunch of cases now from the reopening? I mean, are people like wearing masks when they're out or are they like up here? Like you have to wear a mask to go into a store. Uh, are people taking it upon themselves or are they just like, Hey, whatever, man. <laughs> I would say it's 50, 50. Um, you know, when I go to the grocery store, there are definitely a fair amount of people wearing a mask and you'll even see in traffic. Like I think we drive, uh, a lot more than you do in your area. And when I'm like looking over my shoulder at someone and, and traffic, like even, even people will be worried inside their car, which I don't totally understand. We, we were uh, laughing at that here too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you know, uh, yeah, I would I would say it's about 50, 50. Some people are and others aren't. Um, yeah. I, mean, I want to definitely ask you, I mean, um, you're in a band that like things were really starting to coalesce around. Like all of a sudden you guys drop this single, then you drop this record buzz is coming. You're now getting really good offers. You're playing shows with cool bands that you look up to. You're getting international gigs and then this fucking shit hits, you know, and it just puts an end to everything at this moment when like you get all this momentum, like what do you do to come out on the other side of that? You know, like, like what is the focus now or is it going to be are you still promoting your album to some degree or do you have to now switch gears to think about taking a different approach uh yeah that's actually a really good question and something we talk about um as a band on a daily basis you know obviously we're, we're promoting the record in every way we possibly can um which is is for sure a challenge uh considering we can't can't play on it but um I'll say this aside from, you know, perfecting our craft, like that, that, that's the, the main thing, right? We're just all trying to individually practice right now uh, because we haven't gotten back into the practice space in the traditional sense. Uh, and we're, we're each respectively, you know, writing new stuff. 
aside from that, we've actually been really, really fortunate to have uh, a good support system, both from a label perspective, but also from the people who have given us some of those offers, like shout out to Stefan. He's been like, look, uh, this is out of our control. Could you, you know, you're more than welcome to come back to Germany uh, next June and uh, we'll, we'll just pick up the pieces then. So I don't know, man, it's, it's, it's a weird mix of certain things being put on pause, but also it's, it's an exciting time because now it's like, okay, we have nothing else to do, but lock ourselves away and get even better uh, as individual musicians. So you, you guys haven't been able to rehearse as a unit or is there a way you, cause there are some bands I've seen doing it safely. Like my friend's band did a live stream the other day where they had the luxury of being in a large space where they could be far from each other. And it's just interesting to see that. Cause we tried to do like a zoom, you know, like, like my band practice from our individual locations, but with like latency and Wi-Fi and people being wired in and others not, you know, why my bass player was like, like a hair behind on, sure, on the transmission. Yeah. So it just sounded so funky. We're like, all right, this is, we're getting headaches trying to do this. But yeah, for sure. Um, so what we've, the closest thing to that, that, you know, at least Ali and myself have done, have been just bouncing uh, different ideas back and forth, like via iPhone <laughs> voice memos. Um, and I think, hopefully relatively shortly we'll slowly crawl back into the space but um we kind of we're all in a position where we have to think of other people other than ourselves we all have our, our families and each of us is taking uh care of our family members and stuff like that so i i try to be as careful as i possibly can especially considering that i still have a day gig and you know i come in contact with people every day um Ollie and Dave, for instance, might not have the same work situation as me, but I would never want to put them at risk either. So I'm kind of, you know, I'm not waiting for this to blow over per se, but um, at least gain a little more, more perspective in regards to where I stand as far as putting others at risk. No, totally, man. I mean, what do you think the future is going to hold as far as, you know, with a state now like Georgia that's leading the charge in reopening, it, logic would dictate that you guys might have bars and clubs and all these things open before a lot of the neighboring states even. And if, how do you think that will affect live music where are they going to start, you know, if the doors are open there, people from the neighboring states are going to want to go where they can play and possibly make money. Is that going to increase competition? You think, you think it's going to go more DIY? Like where, what do you think the future holds? I don't know, man, as far as like live entertainment goes, it might, it, my personal opinion is I, I just don't see how that's even going to be a possibility prior to a vaccine. You know, it's one thing in a bar or a restaurant setting where you can say, okay, you three people sit over there, you three people sit over there and blah, blah, blah. And we're going to roll the dice and even that's a risk. But I, I just don't think that, uh, you, just the fucking liability of it. Right. Like, let's <laughs> just say a club says, you know what? DIY indie band or whatever, like we're opening our doors. We don't give a shit. We, we just want a band to come play. Like we're not talking about some huge headlining national touring act. Right. Like if it were to come out that, you know, X amount of people got sick at that show, that would be the end of that band and the end of that club. And maybe rightfully so, you know, like, um, so I don't know. I just don't think it's, uh, I, I personally wouldn't feel ethical like putting on a show right now until a vaccine is out. No, I think that's definitely the right attitude. But then you got to look at it in the context of a vaccine may never appear or it could be five years and things are just going to start to some degree. So then how do you maintain awareness of the band as a brand, but it's still avoid situations where you feel like you're being put in a position where you don't feel comfortable doing it? Yeah, I don't know, man. I think, um, yeah, I wish, I wish I had a really, 
uh, insightful answer for you. But (laughs) as far as a, as far as um, brand awareness or in our case, band awareness, if you will, um, well, I mean, the internet is, is really the only tool or the most effective tool, I should say that I think we have right now. Um, and I, I'm, I'm using the general, we not even just us three. Um, and I, th- I think it's actually a, a cool time for music in kind of a weird way because people are getting really creative with live streams and uh, exclusive content and maybe stuff they had on the back burner that they wouldn't have otherwise released, but they're doing it now. And I've seen a lot of really great things that our peers have done and saying, Hey, we're putting out, you know, such and such song and the majority of the proceeds are going to go to this organization or whatever that, you know, benefits COVID release. Um, so that's pretty cool to kind of see people um, use their art to contribute to something positive. But I don't know, as far as like a, a timeline for a vaccine release date, who's to say, I mean, you know, it's, I think one of the challenges too, you know, outside of entertainment as a whole is trying to decipher what truth is um, in this day and age, like, some reports have said, okay, by January, we're gonna have a vaccine. And then I'll read something else that's closer to the timeline that you're suggesting. And like, you know, dude, I didn't fucking study epidemiology. Like I have no <laughs> idea what what is actually, I'm, we're kind of at the, the mercy of the experts um, or in many cases, people who have lack of expertise to kind of take the reins on this. So yeah, I don't know. I wish I had some more of a more, an insightful answer for you, but we're, we're like everyone else taking this day by day. Well, so when the vaccine drops, is it going to be a mandatory thing? There are so many people who won't even take a measles or a polio vaccine, which defies reason, but you know, I guess they, I sure hope so. I I really, really hope so. Um, but yeah, dude, man, I, I like, I'm a simple guy. I, I buy Budweiser <laughs> and wear, uh steel toed and work on a dock man i'm not i'm not qualified to speak on this <laughs> you're drinking miller over there man i am i am i'm I'm cheating <laughs> i'm cheating on my first love actually i think i've graduated or devolved depending on who you asked the miller like uh, look miller light is a fine product I, i'd prefer that over uh mgd or uh miller low life any day man yeah uh, i like that that should be their our new record title miller low life dude that's a good one you should you're welcome to take it, man. I got, I got, I, no I'm going to, on it, you know, I'm going to, maybe you and I will put out a split. Yeah, man. That'd be awesome. We should do one where we cover each other. Uh, those yeah, are that'd be really cool. Yeah. I've been um doing these, uh, have you done any live stream stuff? Like I've been doing five o'clock every uh, day, East coast time on every, every day, excuse me, every Thursday I've been doing them, but you guys just doing single shit acoustic or yeah, we haven't uh, done our own routine like in that way like there, there's been some cool things that we've gotten to be a part of like for instance we i think we did the first round of boltless booze cruise which is um something that stefan the 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 guy in charge of regular booze cruise uh in germany ha- has put on to sort of help sort of contribute to relief for some of the clubs that are, that are being negatively affected by covid in germany so that was really cool and some other people have reached out and said, hey, will you submit an acoustic song or whatever? But as far as um, actually saying, you know, at this time on this day, we're going to get behind the camera and just go live on Instagram. That's something we haven't, uh, or I, sh- I should say that's something we're still fleshing out um, and trying to think of ways to actually make that, I hate to use the term interesting, but sort of like rise above, like something, like make some sort of novelty or like something actually special to our, our brand uh, that people will gravitate towards as opposed to i'm just playing some songs you know what i mean 
Oh, hell yeah, man. I mean, I've been doing it from my bedroom for uh, five weeks, but I'm thinking going forward, yeah, yeah, myself, I'm to make it more interesting, I'm thinking about like trying out a different location acoustically and whatnot. I mean, but it's also, I'm in a tiny apartment in New York City, so it's hard to like. Sure, sure. Space, well, you know? one thing with yours that I saw that I actually really appreciated uh, about your live stream was you opened up with two, uh, two songs that, you know, I grew up on and people already know. So it's like, I think this is a, a time where bands could get really creative. Like, okay, on Thursdays, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do like a Foo Fighter set or what, or what insert any band, you know, that's just off the dome. But, you know, I do this on this day and then I'm going to, I'll take requests on Monday or whatever. That's something that all of the guys that we look up to could start doing as well. Yeah. I mean, definitely it's been a cool time for like live streams and podcasts. A lot of people who typically don't do a lot of interviews now are going out and they're doing them on these split screens on Instagram and whatnot. So it's like interesting. I absolutely love the, the, the Brian Fallon sitting at home series where he's just yeah. delving into songwriting with, with uh, some really cool people. I think that's been awesome. Yeah. The, uh, the litany of guests that he has had is definitely impressive. Definitely for people who enjoy the craft and the art of songwriting, it's been really cool. And then sure. even, Jesse Mallon's been doing really interesting ones where he, he's playing one day, he's taking a lot of requests and doing songs. And then another day he's interviewing people as well. Like, I know he was on with Joe Sib. He was on with Jimmy G from uh, Murphy's law. It's been, so there's been a lot more content to watch as far as like the journalism side of music than I think there's ever been, you know? Like, sure. Yeah. So that's pretty killer. But I mean, to focus away from career shit, like just, how are you feeling in these days as just a human being, you know? I mean, just witnessing a time that you never ever considered you'd probably be living in, you know? Like, yeah. And when uh, your anxiety is validated by it to a degree, because I feel like mine may have been a little, you know? Yeah, one of my closest friends, uh, when this first started happening, um, I said, this is basically just a dress rehearsal for the end of the world. <laughs> and, you know, I was just like, fuck off. Like, this is going to be fine. Like, I, I was definitely uh like many what when this first started kind of I, I hate to use the term like naysayer but i i did not think this would have um gone to the level that it did and yeah man it's like okay so we get a vaccine and this blows over fine but what stops the next outbreak you know well, what i mean exactly it. well what, what stops it is actually having epidemiologists and positions where they have the grants and they're able to research these things and stop the next, you know, incursion on the human race from it. Cause it's not always just going to come out of China. It's very easily can come out of Brazil where there's deforestation or Australia or someplace else, you know? Sure. But now you're speaking to a larger issue um, about like reforms that need to take place. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I was reading some article recently and it was basically like, you know, going back to what we deemed to be normal, or normalcy isn't the answer when this is all over. Like this really needs, we should use this as a, a, a lens to, to, to critique the world that we were all living in. You know what I mean? Or else we're just going to perpetuate the same fucking problems and the same institutions that I, in my view, uh, hold progress yeah, I mean, back. So I think you're absolutely right. I don't think we can ever go back specifically to the way that it was because it was just consuming ourselves into oblivion. I mean, just the little things with the skies being clearer in Los Angeles than where I was just in Venice, you know, and now you mm -hmm. see the water is so much clearer than it was. I've been to Beijing, China, where it's like Mordor from Lord of the Rings, where on a, you get off the plane, you can't see five feet in front of you. Sure. And it smells like a thousand idling trucks at all times, you know, on 
certain days because of their elevation. So it's like, this could have just been a warning shot from nature, you know, across the bow to be like, you know, next time it's going to be Ebola or something like that. If you all don't get your shit together, you know? Sure. Yeah. I, I agree, man. I, I, I hope me, it's hard for me to speak on it because yeah, I don't know. There was something that George Carlin said right before he died, you know, some journalist said, do you think humankind will ever turn the ship around? And he said, absolutely not. The ship piles too deep. Yeah. And as much as I don't want to believe that, I think in my heart of hearts, I actually, that's how I kind of think. I uh, actually, I find solace in looking at old Carlin specials that I grew up with on YouTube and they're still just as relevant. Like, nothing, Oh, absolutely. I shouldn't say, say, say solace. Like nothing has changed. I think it just vindicates that he was definitely right about the things <laughs> he was pointing out. And it's just getting, I think people in general are just sliding away from being that intuitive and thoughtful, you know, like, mm -hmm. I mean, they, they just can't wait to get back to the fucking lemon tree and they're going to stand outside with a gun if they can't get in and get their bangs cut. It's insane. You know? Sure. Yeah. I don't know, man. Um, I've tried my best to be positive over the last month and a half. It really hasn't even been that long. That's what's so crazy is like, it, this has had a huge, obviously physical health impact, but mental health uh, impact as well by those infected or not infected. And it, in reality, I mean, you know, we've been dealing with this at least here since late March or mid-March. And, uh, you know, it's, it, it, it feels like it, it's been way longer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my, my internal chronometer is completely fucked. I mean, I can only liken it to being like 9-11, but that was very different where it was like a before and after. Just it just seemed like you just ended an epicene and went into a new one. And sure. January seems like it was seven fucking years ago. Like mm -hmm. it, more than ever, that stretch seems like real. Where it's just you just changed the world. I mean, we were just in Atlanta last time I saw you in February, and even that seems like such a foreign time now. You know? Like, yeah, it it was a different fucking world. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's it's kind of crazy. We were crammed in that studio with like seven people hanging out. That'll never be the case anymore. I mean, I know no. the man who's running that is like, now it's going to be two people at a time when we reopen, you know, from now on. <laughs> like that's, right. you can't have a full band live in a room. It's crazy, you know? And it, and it just goes to show now, like we have to think about our loved ones more than ever. That's why I've been so hesitant to get in a room with uh, my own fucking bandmates again. It's just because, you know, my dad has a ton of underlying health issues and, um, yeah, I don't know. I just, it, like I, going back to the whole mental health thing, like if, if a loved one or someone even that was just an acquaintance got sick and I was around them, my first thought like was I the reason, you know, and it just, you know, you can't think like that because at the end of the day, this is so far beyond a, an individual's control. But um, I completely agree with you. I actually, yeah. you know, I was very sick. I don't know if I had it. I couldn't get tested. You know, I could have just had the flu. It could have been anything, mm -hmm. but I had a lot of symptoms um, before this was a thing, you know, like before it was on the radar. And then I, uh, you know, I had an auntie passed away and I went to the wake where I hugged my uncle again, before this was a thing. And then three weeks later he came down with it, you know, like at the beginning of the wave and I was like, Oh no, you know, like, yeah, but who knows? You know what I mean? Like it's, right. there, there's no contact tracing to, to go back at this point, you know? Mm -hmm. But, um, do you find it's that, the uh, the, the gravity of it and, and it being in the zeitgeist around you that it's entering into your work as a songwriter. Cause I found the first couple of weeks 
you know, references to this era was seeping into my songwriting. And then I kind of got to a place where I got that out of my system and now I can indulge in other types of stories and whatnot. See, I think that the latter is super important. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, yeah, I, I, I've really tried not to, um, to incorporate any of these themes into my, uh, the little songwriting I've done over the last, last month or so. Um, I, I just feel like, I mean, I could be completely off base on this, but I, I, I mean, I've heard songs that, that are, have, have made reference to this thing. And when you're just talking about how fucking miserable, miserable you are because of COVID, I don't know what that creates. You know what I mean? Um, well, miserable that you are because of COVID is a point of view. There's other people who are enjoying this. Certainly there's people who are just callous. There are people who they're not bad people, but they are enjoying the ability to be detached from what they were doing. They're collecting some money so they can be artistic. So they're maybe not in that time space, but you are a person who you're still supporting yourself uh, on a dock per se when you're not, because you can't play. So does that change the reality for you? Like where you are viewing it through predominantly a negative lens where you're not trying to find any hopeful silver lining. And when you're working things out subconsciously. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I kind of feel like, like mental health has been the foundation or has been like the overarching theme of all of our material we've released thus far and COVID or no COVID that's going to manifest itself in the songs. And just for me personally, I can't speak for anybody else, but I'm not going to like throw this pandemic into, um, into the songs. I would rather use like the songs as a vehicle for like exploring myself and my relationships and mistakes I've made. Um, in sort of like a cathartic way just to try to get over it and be a better person. Like, like I said, man, I, I think, uh, I, I've seen a lot of bands write about the, the pandemic specifically. Um, and absolutely nothing wrong with that. I just, as of right now, I don't want to really contribute to that, that dialogue. Um, cause I, I just doesn't seem particularly productive to me. You know what I mean? Um, so no Tiger King songs going to be on the next one? No, no, not at all. Like, you know, it's one thing to reference or make mention of like where you're currently at in your life. Like, that's fine. But like, I, I like, you know, I, I've heard bands like the whole song is about, you know, oh, everything is horrible because of this and blah, blah, blah. And like, poor me. It's like, dude, life is a lot bigger than just you. You know what I mean? Like, sorry, you can't go hang out with your friends at, at the bar. Um, you know what I mean? That's more what I'm, I, I'm speaking about more of like the superficial impact of it as opposed to like, um, how it's going to affect the, the rest of the course of human history. Um, I just don't feel particularly inspired to complain about my social life being put on hold. You know what I mean? No, I think you got the right attitude, man. Totally. You know, I mean, it sucks for the, you know, I, I miss my social life to the effect that I did enjoy the places that we got to go. And it sucks that those institutions, many of them have now closed down permanently. Because in this city, we're so ungodly, unbelievably expensive to like maintain an address and have a business that those places you can't return to. Um, did you, were there a bunch of places going under in Georgia that were permanently shuttered? Did places not make it through even the brief time that things were shut down or think things have kind of turned around? Well, I mean, I, I can definitely give you examples of places that, you had, they, that have said, yes, we're, we're not coming back. Um, Fortunately, um, it seems that a lot of businesses have been 
I don't know if saved is the right word, but given hope by like the CARES Act. And don't ask me any questions about that because I couldn't tell you the specifics. <laughs> um, I just know I've had friends and family who have applied for that and their their businesses have been helped by that process. But yeah, man, it, it's it's I think it's tough to to correctly answer at this point. Like, yes, I know for sure that there are several that that aren't going to make it through this. But at the same time, but what's been really cool is like, you know, people have been supporting their neighborhood bar, their neighborhood restaurant, myself included. Um, I order takeout more now than ever, not only as a way to like support them and support the people I care about running those joints, but also as like, as an escape, man, like even just that 10 minutes out of the house to go pick up food and say, Hey, you know, thank you for what you're doing. Like, I'm going to leave you. I mean, I always tip well because I know how difficult that industry is, but like, Hey, like here's, here's a little extra cause times are shitty right now and it's good to see your face. You know what I mean? And hang in there like that to me, has become way more important. Like I've always, I always took like going out for granted and now I definitely don't. Yeah. I definitely subscribe to that too. Like Jimmy and Goodfellas, you got to tip everybody, you know? Yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. Yeah. I've been, I've been cooking myself and my wife just much more than I think we ever have. We're trying, you know, cause it's just takeout is so expensive here, you know, sure, sure. and like, then the delivery that's... fees on top of it, her exorbitant. So, I mean, we, we are obviously, doing a little bit of takeout I and mean, we got one of the greatest pizza places in all New York city right down the street. So of course we're going to hit that, you know, mm-hmm. but in general, the one thing I've probably mentioned this in every episode now, it's just, we now have to go beers like, like they have in, in Europe and Vegas and New yeah. Orleans. So to, that's been a good way to support the local bars. And unfortunately it's only the ones that also serve food mm-hmm. and have a food license. So, I mean, ones that weren't doing that, weren't able to, just ship margaritas to your house, unfortunately. But mm-hmm. that's been a cool thing. And then to have it decriminalized to walk around with it and not get a beer ticket, that's like awesome, you know? And, and, and people have been responsible. I'm not seeing a lot of trash in the streets and I'm not seeing bar fights anymore. Sure. People sure. fighting on the corners, you know? So At the local level, this whole situation I think has definitely contributed to a sense of community that I, I really appreciate. And sometimes it's it's important to kind of uh, look in the mirror and not take certain things for granted. I know it's a super like lukewarm statement, but no, but it's true. It's, 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 it sucks that it's always a disaster that really right. that, brings that brings people together. People, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, to, to get back to, you know, the original point, it's like, like food, whether it be like cooking in my own house or like getting takeout a bunch, like it is be, I sort of feel like has replaced the social life for lack of a better term. Like, it's something that I, I, I really have appreciated and look forward to over this last month. And it's, it's been a, uh, uh, something that has just contributed to my overall sanity, you know. True that, man. Um, so getting back to the LP, this will begin to make things right. Now, is that a Star Wars reference? It is. Yeah. And I was really averse to, to naming the album that initially. But... Um, there's something about like, like just phonetically the way it sounds. And like ex- when we all explored the themes of the, the album as a band, it was just like, okay, although this, this is a little bit, we're, we're getting in the waters of maybe being a little too cheesy. Like it kind of makes sense. And uh, the last chorus of Ollie's song, it's just like, that's, that's the one um, line that I think has always kind of stuck with me. And yeah, I think thematically, you know, it, it, it just made sense to call the album that even though, you know, during leading up to the process of recording that album, it felt like everything was going absolutely wrong. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't regret uh, having a little nod to Star Wars 
even if it's shitty Star Wars. Well, that that line, that first line, man, boy, was he wrong, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you look yeah. at it in a meta sense, that's that that was where things started to go well, off the rails. Certainly. Actually, you know what? Maybe it's more fitting that way because, like, <laughs> we we named the album that, but there's so much like we look back and it's like not. I'm not even just saying as far as and like, that guy's dead now. Who said that too? Think about that. Oh, I didn't realize. Oh, fuck. <laughs> in real life. Yeah, you know. Um. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's kind of ironic that yeah, like he said that, and in my opinion, new Star Wars is not so great. And there were a lot of things that unfolded in our personal lives and relationships with each other as a band that were not so great either. So like, I think we all thought going into the album like things were going to be perfect, but in reality, it's like no, it's the same old dog shit wall to wall. But you got it's definitely a great record though, and I'm always telling people to check it out, and I'm, uh, I'm pulling really for you all man because I can't wait to hear the next one and. I want you guys to achieve what my band has never achieved, which is have the exact same staff on two albums in a row. <laughs> oh shit! Well, I think it's uh, I think it's important, man. I think there's something to be said for like consistency within your lineup. You know, totally. It's just it's just tough. You know, sometimes it just never coalesces that way, or you have lightning in a bottle at a moment, but it's just you know those personalities create that unique thing that can't be created otherwise. But it's also inside it is the causticness that tears it apart too you know like sure. it's it's interesting you know so um any band that can be like you too and have the same four members forever i, I strongly commend because there's not many of them you know yeah definitely not but no doubt man um i'm still i don't know man i kind of ran out of questions <laughs> no no worries no dude i i actually I really enjoyed this i'm just talking hanging out yeah, hell yeah, you, you uh, took my Zoom virginity. This is nice. I was like, what the fuck is this Zoom? Why is everyone using this? Like, what's wrong with Skype? And now I see why. This is way better. No bugs. It's, it's really good when you have two people or three people. It's really good for conferencing. It's good to catch up with people. When you start having nine people and your screen looks like the fucking intro to the Brady Bunch, it gets a oh, little shit. crazy. Huh. It's, just, it's just hard for nine people to maintain the composure to not be talking over each other and shouting and especially we're all having zoom happy hours and drinking and it's starting to get away from us a little bit but it's uh it's been a really good medium that i think it really found its footing in this situation and the zoom was i wanted to do a podcast for a bit but i haven't had like a concept and i was like well this is the laziest way i could possibly do it i just (laughs) we go on to this and then boom we're recording and we're fucking rocking and rolling you know yeah well this is nice man and i kind of uh did not deliberately ignore your advice, but I'm not close to the router and I always have problems with video chat, but you know what? I'm going to fucking roll the dice on this one once again. And uh, you look good over here, man. It's yeah, coming through Zoom, clearly. Yeah. Zoom, uh, Zoom is not uh, giving me issues like Skype and Facebook chat and FaceTime have. So this is a wrap. So thank you for, have you fucked with house party at all? Just for like shits and giggles. I don't even know what the fuck that is, man. I'm illiterate. It's like another type one where like people in your contact list are like always in these rooms. And then you can find them and jump into their room and start chatting with them. And but there's like no doorman. There's no way like anyone can keep you. You could like jump into your ex girlfriend's room or something if you wanted to. Oh, okay. And all of a sudden join their conversation. So it's funny, you know. <laughs> like, okay, I'll check it out. I guess. I need to get front. some friends first. <laughs> I'm sure you got a couple floating around there somewhere. Yeah, you, know? yeah, you and uh, <laughs> what else do we know? <laughs> I'm going to try to get Peter on this too, but I'm trying to like mix it up. I don't want, I want to like come around and get people from different regions and different areas. Cause I really want to explore, sure. you know, through the lens of how, how is this looking to people who are living in 
different geographic sections of the country or the world, you know? Yeah. I think it's a, I think it's definitely important. And, you know, my situation, I think starkly contrasts yours. Like I can't even imagine what it's like in New York right now. Like my best friend lives in Brooklyn and, oh, well, you know, yeah, uh, know you yeah. met David yeah. and, um, yeah, dude, it's just like the, my anxiety level would be exponentially higher if I was in the same situation as you both. See, I found that I, my anxiety level kind of decreased because I feel like I was anxious in the world as it was. And that certain things that I was doing as precautions completely translate into this situation. And I'm like more at ease, like things that I've always <laughs> been doing just avoiding sure. big crowds of people as best I can. Like obviously I'll still go to shows and I'll dance in the pit and um, you know, I'll, I go to big social gatherings and I go to parties and whatnot, but I, try to never go grocery shopping on a busy day, you know, like sure. things like that, you know, and I avoid places where people are sick as best I can, you know? So like, sure, yeah. to that sense, it's been cool. But I know his neighborhood particularly is, uh, is very busy. It's very touristy and like, it is quiet. Like I ride my bike through there, you know, for exercise and it's incredibly less traffic than it used to be to a degree at the air. The bridges are, are, major choke points where it's still overly crowded in the waterfronts and whatnot, where people are definitely ignoring the guidelines. Mm -hmm. But um, in general, you know, it's, it's crazy, you know, but it's also, you hear the sirens in the distance, you know I mean? I guess it must've been like when the British were getting bombed during the Blitzkrieg. If it's if your blocks not blowing up, it's like, you're, you're okay. But like, it's, it's all around you, you know? And it's sure. Like, I guess that it contributes to this feeling of being desensitized to a large degree. And maybe, you know, because I've been working through this whole thing and you're kind of in a cramped warehouse, you, you do the best you can, but after a while, it's just, you know what, like, fuck it. Like, and also, you know, someone has to have it to give it to you. That's another thing. Right. You know, we can't, but are you, um, you're constantly in close quarters with people or do you at least get some space? Eh, constant, yeah. Constantly is maybe not the, you know, best way to put it but it's like there's i guess you need two guys to load a truck sometimes you know you no, no 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 i'm i'm running that show my, my myself yeah. like that that it gets actually really intense but like you know i'm not working in close quarters with people but like you know you definitely have human interaction whether it be a driver or a freight handler that it comes up to you and is like hey you know i've got this for you and you really there, there's just so many scenarios where that six feet of distance is just not possible yeah. You always you know, got to have your own pen, number one. So you're not right. Just, yeah, absolutely, not absolutely. Thing, you, know? you know what I mean? It's just like, it's just one of those things. But to your point, yeah, someone has to have it. And I feel like at this point, um, if one person in the warehouse did have it, you know, I, I seriously doubt that every single person in our warehouse would is lucky enough to be asymptomatic. And um, the company is very serious about social distancing, like outside of work, um, because we all know we have an important job to do. So, um. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't feel that any of us are being irresponsible or whatever. You know, you know, we ship medical supplies, so it's just something we have to do. You know. What oh I mean? yeah. yeah um, so yeah, it's one of those things, man. We try to be as safe as we can and and go home. And like I said, I I, I go to my bedroom and I go to work and I go to the grocery store and I get takeout and that's about it. You know. I worked in warehouses in my twenties, man. I mean, it, warehouses are not the cleanliest environments, but I remember the bathrooms were just terrible like if oh yes yeah. i would not want to be that's where, where the breeding ground for cholera probably is you know little oh exactly and the thing is it's like that was the majority of my experience leading up to this point but even like six months ago um i feel like this specific site that i'm at really took took a huge 
uh, turn in terms of like cleanliness, like trying to like, okay, every spot of this warehouse um, is going to be perfect. And at first, like there was this, this like feeling of like, screw this. Like we, we no, this is a warehouse. This isn't a museum, but now like in hindsight, I'm super, super thankful. Like every, everyone, including myself is, is definitely uh, like, okay, we got to wipe down everything. We're sweeping every day. Um, it's definitely an anomaly in terms of the, all the warehouses I've been in. So yeah. Uh, shout out to, shout out to corporate for getting the, for predicting the future, you know, six months ago. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. I mean, like I said, it's been interesting here. It's been, you know, the, the most interesting reaction I've seen is how, you know, Queens where I'm in the Queens Brooklyn border, there's so many different types of neighborhoods where literally just a couple of blocks. It's such a different flavor. The architecture is different. The people living there are different. We've got everybody from all over the world speak on my street. You're going to hear nine different languages. Any, any time of day you're ever walking, you know, and it's just interesting that certain neighborhoods are ghost towns and certain ones, people are just like carrying on like the, they're in a care. And it's sure. interesting because it's all over the news that certain neighborhoods have higher concentrations of the disease than other ones because of the course that they're taking or not taking. And yet people are not really mitigating their risks in those neighborhoods still. It's like wild. I mean, I was out this weekend and I passed through one area that's, you know, pretty popular as a big park well along and the whole bike lane along it. You can look into the park and just see soccer games, barbecues, like people in closer contact than maybe they should be, you know, mm-hmm. and enforcement's definitely been enforced in an, uh, unequal way here i would say like neighborhoods that have a lot more uh community reach and have the ability to fight arrests aren't really getting ticketed so much as maybe the uh the neighbors or people are a little more poor and not as well off you know and that that makes sense and this that resonates to like a larger problem we have as a country you know what i mean And, and i feel like this pandemic is really shedding light on the the socioeconomic issues that we still have to reckon with and you know um there are times it feels like we never will reckon with them. You know what I mean? That's what's so, di- it's just the insane thing about living in America, man. <laughs> it's, it like, is. it's been the constant, like throughout our country's history, it's been the constant tap dance of enlightenment and progress and regression. You know what I mean? And obviously if you have any sort of conscience, you hope the, the formal will win, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. Yeah. I think, it's yeah, kind of Mike, discouraging to see shit like that for sure. It's Mike Nesson's social distortion, man. You're taking two steps forward and three steps back all yeah, the time. Always. Um, it's just it's a terrible thing, man. I mean, well, what else is getting you through it, man? Any, you found any cool new bands? I know I've been on a Spotify, like, like buffet, like just finding cool new stuff to rock out to left and right, you know? Yeah. So initially I was like, just podcast all the way. And I, and I still am, you know, um, Definitely Brendan Kelly's uh, Road to the Skeleton Coast has been just like my heroine over the last month. Um, as far as like new stuff goes, see, I'm always like kind of late to the game on stuff. There's actually this, uh, <laughs> you're going to be like, That's dude, fine. <laughs> fucking lame. but there's this, uh, I do, I, I, I don't know what genre it is. Right. I don't know what you call it. If it's like SoundCloud rap or, trap or what I, I don't know the term right but there's this guy his name is saint john and he's like this 30 year old uh guyanese i sorry i don't know what the what the word is he's called west indian you know it's african he's, you know, he's guyana it, it's it's some country in south america so sorry i'm not well read 
Uh, but oh, anyway, it's all, it's all good, man. Guy, the Guyanese have a huge uh, population here in, in Queens. And, okay, uh, this Park area. You know, I'm I'm in love with this dude. Like he literally just has such a profound understanding of melody. Like you can, people can hate on the genre all they want and think it's illegitimate or flavor of the week or whatever. But like, I'm actually learning more from like a top forty like rap artist when it comes to like song structure and melody. <laughs> I am a lot of like my heroes these days, which is kind of crazy. Well, that's all that friggin' Epitaph is signing now is basically like emo rappers, SoundCloud rappers. Yeah, but some of the signings, protest like, stuff. I couldn't even like tell you the names of the signings, but some of the stuff that I've seen on the roster lately, I'm just not into at all. Like it's just not me. Um, I agree. Like, this yeah. this guy, man, like they, I I don't know. I'm, he's been out a couple years, but I just came across some of his music. He was actually doing a live stream or like a quarantine session, if you will. And I'm like, this, this guy's the shit. Like, this is amazing. So I really like him right now. Um, I love Grimes' new record. She's in the press a lot right now because of the, the name. Because she named her child an equation, yeah. So. Yeah. I, I, man, it, it's weird. Like, like, living in 2020, you see, like, headlines and clickbaity, you know, titles for shit. Oh, Grimes and Alon. But I don't, I don't even fucking click the thing. I'm like, yeah, I, I'm not phased. I don't know anything about it. I don't know anything fam- about it. Adele's weight, up or down. No, I don't know anything. Famous person does ridiculous thing. <laughs> it's fucking cares. That's their business, not mine. Whatever they want to name your kid, you know. But her new album's awesome. She's been one of my favorites for a long time. Um, been getting into, slowly been getting into Spanish love songs. Late to the game on that too. But they are really fucking awesome. Um, trying to think of what else, because I, I'm actually finding myself listening to to music more and more. Because you know, when I was going through the the rat race, if you will, or just the the malaise that we were all in pre COVID, you know, I I just wasn't finding myself like in this need of having to have like a new band to fill a void. I'm just kind of like you know, wake up, go to work, sleep. But now I, I feel like there's a lot more free time in my hands, and I'm trying to trying to fill it with new music. Yeah, I totally have like one or two bands that I'm always super into. And then I'm always like, you know, decorating the rest of, of, the, of the dinner plate with like 30 other ones that I'm in sure. and out of. Well, from all, not just bands, but artists, singers from mm-hmm. all sorts of genres, whatever. And I feel like, you know, like, like a band that I study and that like I, I really like to enjoy everything about them, read as much as I can about them. So like Bad Religion, then Afghan Wigs and AFI, Gaslighting Anthem, just sure. bands like that where like... The pillars, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> Deep dives into where I, you know, I'm interested in actually hearing what they have to say. And every member, I want to see interviews with the bass player and their, their drum tech, what, 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 how they treat him and how, how was his job and whatnot. And, you know, what, what do these guys eat? You know, what do they... I find all that like super interesting. But right now sure. I don't have a group like that. And I'm kind of not just filling that void with like a lot of smaller, more interesting ones, I guess, as sure. opposed, you know? Well, I don't know if you were ever into them as much, but I'm telling you, man, like the, the new Brennan Callie podcast is like, goes really into the detail about the chronology of their band and where they were in their lives with each release. And he doesn't even just dive into Lawrence Arms stuff. He, he dives into obviously the Falcon and uh, the Broadway's. Oh, what was so, that other fucking band they had? Uh, Sunset something or... Um... Uh, Chris McCocken did a solo acoustic thing. I forget what year he started it, but he was doing Sundowner. Yeah, that, that, uh, I love that record. That's a really, I, yeah. can't, I can't, can't think of the name for a second. I, I love um, it and then forgot about it till right now. So. Right. But yeah, they, they discussed that on, on the podcast for sure. But Chris thus far has not been involved in the, uh, the podcast. It's just been Brendan and like, I don't know. I'm so, I mean, they're like my favorite fucking band. So I, I, I'm like really biased, but 
Um, you guys should cover fucking beautiful things, man. That would be huge. That's uh, it's funny that you say that because <laughs> that's probably my in my top three favorite songs by them, and um, on the most recent Bad Religion tour, where Ollie and myself uh, actually got a chance to interview them, we walked in the sound check, and they're that's like he's playing the riff to beautiful things. Yeah. I saw that interview. That's fucking awesome. Um, <laughs> I forgot about that. But yeah. yeah awesome. So like, it, it was just like a real surreal moment. Obviously like, you know, um, for many, it's like, okay, you interviewed them. So, you know, who cares? Like, yeah, they're really approachable people. And like, granted, that's totally true. But, uh, even my favorite band since I was like 12 or like 13, you know what I mean? It's just, it was, it was a real trip for sure. But yeah, long story short, that, that podcast is great. If you have any interest in that band, um, I'll definitely check it out. I love the term the skeleton coast. I've always like wanted to do a song called that anyway. Cause that's cause a cool term, like the East African coast where you just die. If you get shipwrecked there, you know? Sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, it's such a good question. I feel like I've been diving into a, a lot of music that I normally wouldn't, but I, I'm just throwing a blank here. What about you? Um, I found this band from England called the Luca state that I think is so L-U-K-A state. Okay. They're, they're just fucking sick. Um, a little before that, uh, it was this band called Rad Horror that I've been kind of chiming for a little while. It's really good from LA. Um, and then I just, I had this whole, there was this band called, um, geez, I can like see it. Like I just, I see them really quick and then I save it and then I go back. I'm also finding in my older age, like new information isn't sticking in my brain so well as it used to. Oh yeah. That I'm having trouble retaining just simple things like names and song titles that I would know. I used to be able to know a name, song title, who produced it, what year it came out, the track list and the time, all that shit. Now forget it. It's Dude, like I'm, the, I'm the worst. It's terrifying, with, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm in the same exact boat. Ooh, I'll tell you a band that I've, that I always liked, but have gotten back into um uh given the 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 covid times is uh zeal and ardor zeal and ardor okay have you heard of him no they're, okay there's this metal band right and it's this guy i think he has dual citizenship or something but he uh i think he's like half swiss half canadian but he lived in brooklyn for a while or something like that i don't know but it's basically this project um that tells tells this tale of like revisionist history in a way he was apparently inspired by the uh, the Norwegian black metal scene of the nineties and sort of how that was a response or a uh, reaction to Christianity being forced on the Scandinavian people. Um, he was like, well, what if the same thing occurred in the, you know, 17th and 18th century South where slaves didn't subscribe to the Christianity that was forced on them, but rather they turned the devil. And so, <laughs> Yeah, so like all the That's songs. That's an interesting take. I mean, so essentially, <laughs> he's written all these songs that are satanic spirituals, and it's the fucking gnarliest shit ever, man. You have these like, like, like all the guitar work is definitely like, uh, what you like analogous or similar to to like Norwegian black metal. You know what I mean? It's it's heavy, but like, you, you, I don't know the the vocals are just. Like they, they, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. Like, really, I definitely um, fell off on metal, man. Like, it just I, now it's just, it just makes me tired. It's too, it's too yeah, much. Yeah, I don't listen to a ton of know, heavy like, music. I have my staples, like stuff that's just kind of ingrained in me from go, growing up in a certain time right. period. But I, I don't seek out new metal bands. Like Zeal and Ardor is the exception of the rule, and the only reason I gravitated towards it was per recommendation of of Ollie and. Uh, just, I think the concept is cool. And I've always kind of been enamored or infatuated with 
uh, all things occult. And um, yeah, so Zealand Arter can't say enough good things like that fan rips. Oh man, you should. Uh... Yeah, cult is definitely big up here, man. That's definitely the witches of Bushwick are definitely in effect. And, you know, hopefully the Kingsland is a cool venue that pulls through. There's always like just you're into that kind of stuff. You know, next time you're in New York, if things are open, there's just so much to do as far as like that scene with like cool type metal and rock <laughs> whatnot, you know, um, covering coven songs or whatever they're doing. Sure. Yeah. But anyway, I think that's uh, that's all that comes to mind as far as, as new music goes. Yeah. Well, luckily every Friday on Spotify, something that I'm not looking for will find me. And that's always cool. Even like old bands from back in the day that this band drama Rama from the early, from 1990, I, I, I used to dig when I was skateboarding, just put out a new record. I was like, hmm. I'll give it a listen. And it's fucking really good. I was like surprised, you know, uh, this band but, solo song, my girl, that just put out a fucking new record. That's really good. Um, and Spotify will just like put that in your feed or whatever. Yeah, you know, it'll give you like a list of a couple of the new releases that dropped this week. And then, you know what it is? So much, like 30,000 songs are uploaded a day. And I think Fridays are like double that amount sometimes. So it's a lot Which is why there. I've actually heard it's bad to, to schedule your music to drop on a Friday. Uh, because it's really, really hard to kind of rise above. Um, yeah, I feel like the, going on. I agree. I feel like you, you need to schedule it for a Friday to potentially get on the new release. You know, if you're going to be one of the people like who gets in the NFL draft of Spotify and you get selected to be in their curated new release pl playlist, it's got to be a Friday, I think. Sure. Well, there's definitely the and new that's music why Friday. Doing it. Yeah. Like there's the new music Friday playlist for sure. Like that editorial. But if I'm not mistaken, that is maybe a little bit more important and significant for mainstream in quotes artists. Um, As the mainstream fluctuates from... 21 pilots sounding stuff and Billy Eilish sounding stuff to when it's going to turn around to something else at some point. Sure. Know? Yeah. And, and like, is, there I, I'm using that the term already. You know? Right. And I, I'm using that term very loosely. Uh, I, I guess what I mean to say is for, you know, people like ourselves who enjoy rock and roll in the yeah. traditional sense, maybe a little bit less relevant. Um, and, if you're at the very least trying to get on a niche like editorial or something like that, like a skate punk editorial, like, yeah. like who cares if it comes out on a Friday? You know what I mean? Yeah. As long as they don't, if you don't get ratioed down because dropping it out on Monday, they don't put you on a list or something. then that's good. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't fully understand all the mechanics of it. I just, it's, week, oh, dude, someone's got nutty. a new tip, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely nutty for sure. Um, it's almost like any information you find about how like an algorithm or something works, you'll find another piece of information that contradicts that. So at some point you're just going to be like, fuck it. Like you can't rely on, on that sort of thing to dictate your decisions. Right. Plus it's interesting. I feel like they do, there's the one curated, but then there's so many that are custom tailored that are based on what you may have checked out left and right. So the algorithms are really weird, but I'm noticing with alternative type rock and even some of the punk stuff, like it's, kind of going into like a late 90s kind of sound where it reminds me of like like you steal my sunshine from len or something like stuff like that oh, like, there's like a, a disco 90s influence like omc like how bizarre kind of sound to some of the newer stuff that's coming out hmm. so i guess it's only a matter of time before people start referencing that in early 2000s stuff you know in their work because hmm. those are the kids who grew up with that are the kids who are on the road right now if they could be on the road you know sure yeah, I don't know, man. Um, anyway, 
<laughs> I, I hope you uh, have the the capability of editing some of this. I, I, I don't edit shit, man. It, this is raw dog. The whole oh, fucking shit. Time. Okay. No, you're getting the sun is definitely setting on you though. It's definitely getting dark. Oh man, you, you had a long ass fucking hard day, man, and that's cool, man. It's all good. You did. I think you've been really great and articulate, and you definitely answered any question or anything I needed to know, which is. Awesome. I appreciate it, man, because after like 10, 11 hour shifts, your mind, your your cognitive ability starts to wane. That's always the time we go to practice too, you know, and that, but that's when you get in the zone too and you get, you get nice, you know, and subconsciously you rock, you know? Uh, yeah, that's never worked for us. <laughs> we get hammered and argue <laughs> at that point, at that point in the night yeah. specifically. We try to keep it, you know, party a little bit but never too much because you don't want to start getting like hostile and whatnot. Oh, no, we, we, don't, we don't start off that way yeah. and our hostility is definitely not rooted in anything genuine it's always like like ribbing each other or fucking oh, yeah. jones in each other or whatever the term is well, i think every band's got that ritual where they, they will, there's definitely a certain go-to for fucking with people and there's a certain language mm -hmm. to it within sure. each band that makes it like your own language and shit which is always interesting you know yeah dynamics of that yeah there's definitely a lexicon uh i don't know how um intelligent any of it is that we have but yeah we uh I mean, I think we kind of fall victim to what every early 20-year-old person does, which is just we communicate in memes, which is ridiculous. But <laughs> I digress. Yeah, look, they've got their place, you know? I mean, you know. Yeah, I, I hope. Maybe, maybe that'll be the, the post-COVID world is like that niche humor will go away finally. <laughs> Hopefully there'll still be a sense of humor. I mean, I feel like that's kind I know, of – man. Yeah, that's the getting truth. Getting drummed out of things. I mean, I'm saying at least during the COVID thing, the thought police are not as in charge anymore. You're not seeing Twitter mobs annihilate somebody because they fucking said something that, you know, could have been innocuous but blown up the wrong way or they legitimately fucked up. You're not seeing that because I think people have had a reality check of what the fuck is really important. Is health is more important than wealth? And, you know, I haven't heard calls for people to lose their jobs because they said something wrong people are grabbing calls to lose their jobs because they're letting people die you know like that's more important you know yeah well i mean i don't know it's kind of hard for me to um speak on as a whole because for one thing sort of as a little side note i am twitter like illiterate like i don't i don't understand that world i i probably should utilize it more as a uh as a platform for our, our band, but it's a platform for screaming into the void. I think even for your band, the only good thing that can come of it is you can, it gives you an ability to interact with famous people or other people who maybe aren't famous that you have no other way of getting to them sometimes. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe you want to talk to some kind of manager or somebody, just even ask a question. It doesn't need to be like, like a, a glad handy type shit. It does it does provide that medium if people are willing to be accessible to it. But a lot of it is just poison for your mind and your eyes. So well, even, even when that uh, platform like first came out, I remember I'm old enough to remember when it was first released and I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, I don't like every thought. It, I think this is maybe the problem and, and, and sort of resonates or speaks to the culture you were referring to is every thought I have doesn't need to be expressed. You know what I mean? <laughs> Like it is not. I don't understand. There's there's this mentality Dude, now that right. <laughs> you think turns to gold, and and some shit you should just keep to your fucking self. No, you, know, right. you have to have a goddamn opinion on everything, and that's why I guess that Twitter never appealed to me. But 
No, but you're right, dude. If I expressed every opinion I had, I'd be sleeping on your couch right now. Well, <laughs> the thing is, is 90% of mine are uninformed. I'm really good at saying a bunch of flippant shit that I don't stand behind at all, just because like, it is not my, my life's aspiration or goal to say a bunch of right things. And I'm not talking about the political or the social sense. It's just sometimes like, I'm mean, like, man, this pizza sucks. And two weeks ago, I was like, this joint is the best pizza joint I've ever been to. It's just like, whatever my mood is, you know what I mean? So well, yeah, the human experience is subjective. Your, your definitions of right and wrong are fluid. And mm -hmm. you know, as you age and as you progress your definitions and the way you looked at things as you gain more insight or choose to close your off, self off and gain less, change the way you perceive things. So, I mean, that's totally normal for everybody any day of the week to like, you know, I think it's healthy to a degree to be evolving certainly and to shut the door to certain things. Look, who's got time to fuck with everything, you know, like, that's true. I'm never going to go on TikTok. Point. You know, like who's got time to, uh, yeah. I, I feel that that sentiment on such a deep level, who's got time to fuck with everything. Exactly. I don't need yeah. to be, I like to know about as much stuff or be in the conversation where anyone brings up to me something, at least I have some kind of frame of reference for it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, again, I'm never going to be on TikTok. I'm not going to be on. I don't understand the what I can. One where you watch people play video games, I'm never going to be involved in any of that shit. You know. Like, right. Well, that one is a little more easy to like the premise of that. I can at least like comprehend. I think, and I understand the appeal. But like, I don't. I couldn't tell you what TikTok is. It looks like a an offshoot of what Vine was. I'm also old enough to remember Vine, but I, I couldn't tell you what the the. Uh, the logic or appeal behind it really is i guess it'll get bought by facebook or instagram and it'll be part of the like platforms it, we do yeah, use and we'll like have to assimilate else. you know like, yeah that's true so I mean, yeah um i totally forgot where the where this, this point a was with that yeah, tangent <laughs> that's the whole thing about it. it's just a conversation man yeah. it just let it flow to what it is and it doesn't even have to be interesting man it's just documenting the human experience of being mm -hmm. locked on your block and, but you're yes. free, which is good. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. And I, th I think that's why podcasts as a whole have such a mass appeal. And it seems like the bubble just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And the demand for them uh, isn't really waning in any sense. Because, yeah, that's, that's the number one form of entertainment that I consume more than anything now are just podcasts, particularly video ones. Yeah, I find um, that they're also they're more interesting the deeper they go, too. I mean, sometimes you look at, like, oh, it's – Joe Rogan is talking to some dude for two and a half, three hours. That seems fucking daunting. But once they get past that initial, when it's the first time that person's a guest, that initial of, you know, the shit we just had to go through, the rigmarole of, there's a bunch of interview questions, what the fuck do you think, yada, yada. And then you just get comfortable and you start like just expressing your thoughts at the moment. That's when you get into the real crux of the art form, I think, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm such a fan. And um I feel like it's also contributed to my unawareness of, of current uh, trends and other trends in entertainment and even, even just like dramas that have come out that are actually really important of like really good artistic merit. It's just like, Oh, have you seen X, Y, Z? Like, I think you would actually really like it. I don't have the attention span for it anymore, man. Like I know there are plenty of shows and, 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 and movies I need to see, but I'm like, you know what? I would rather, watch a conversation that someone that I look up to from an intellectual standpoint has had. And I don't give a shit if it's three hours, even, okay. Like Rogan might have someone on that I really respect and I want to see what they have to say. Sure. But I'm not even talking about within just the realm of like comedy or whatever that universe is. I'm saying as a whole, like, I just, I really enjoy what in the olden days was just talk radio. 
You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I, I just, I think I enjoy that more than anything else these days. Yeah, is this guy Joseph Arthur? I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Oh, yeah, you do, because you saw the Brian Fallon one when he was on Come to Where I'm From. Yes, dude. Oh, my God. That, that I love that. Super, I could watch that shit all day. That guy's a super interesting dude in his own right. He's had a really interesting career. He's a, he, I really enjoy that man. I don't agree with fucking almost anything he says or any of his, like, standpoints and certain, like, practices. Yeah, um, but, but I love the way he's passionate about it. You know what I mean? Like, sure. Well, there's something, like, really charismatic about the guy. And, uh, sorry, I'm trying to get a little bit more lighting on here. I deliberately sat over here to make it better. But It's all right. If you get too dark, I'll let you know. I mean, you're, okay. you're, you're, you're approaching Blair Witch level. You don't want to go <laughs> much further, you know? Um, let's see if that helped any. It's going to take a second to load. My The lighting in here is... Uh, you desired. look fine. Yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah, that guy, like... Uh, you look like Shia LaBeouf, kind of, actually. Uh, I, that's, I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> um, but he does kind of give off the... At risk of sounding too judgmental, like like a little bit hippy-dippy vibe. I, I know nothing about his career or whatever, he's, but yeah. He's like, a new-agey, artist kind of guy, but he's also... You know, he's, he's a complicated person. He's not just one thing. He's many things, which I, like, sure. I like, you know. I, I'm not super familiar with his uh, career by, by any stretch of the imagination, but there's something, like, definitely um, captivating about him, and he's super charismatic. And I think for me that is – like, I don't have to agree with everything a person says to, to consume their art. And I think yeah. that's, a, uh, that's a trap that many people within my age bracket fall into. Um, and I, I really don't know why that is, uh, you know, you can, you can take something and, uh, from everybody and learn from it and interpret it in your own way. Um, his Rolodex of guests is super interesting and because he himself is an interesting person that really makes, mm -hmm. and it makes for some really good viewing. And even sometimes I don't have the chance to watch it. I could just listen to it on Spotify and it's usually pretty engaging. I'm only a, been checked out of maybe a couple of people that it just wasn't speaking to whatever I was interested in that sure. day, you know. Yeah, that he had Mike McCready from Pearl Jam, and it got very much into this whole subset of the art world that I just don't know enough about, and then I just was going beyond sure. it, and I lost interest. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But of course, modern art to itself is such a difficult undertaking to understand. I think that takes a lifetime anyway, and I'm so mm -hmm. far behind. You know, like yeah I have no context or frame of reference for for that world by any stretch of the imagination, man. I I like three chord pop songs and stand up and that's about it. I'm trying, I'm trying to get more into, I, I definitely, I'm much more, I've always been more drawn to like the classics. Like I, I enjoy like Renaissance art and sculpture and things like that. But when I, a guy like stacks up three bricks in a corner with like a toothpick on top of it and it moves people to tears that I just can't fucking get. Cause I'm not ready. Well, for it, you know, it's, it's strange because, um, well, I sort of like detest, pieces like the one you just named i've definitely seen them because uh I, probably one of the highlights of the trip when i actually saw you last was was going to moma you know i yeah. thought that was awesome but there's so much with that falls within um that category that i actually really do enjoy and think is really interesting so i probably lean more towards modern art but i'm the first person to say that's a fucking red square on the wall and you're not going to say that it's anything more than that. You know what I mean? Like, like you, don't. You, you painted a refrigerator lime yellow. Congrats. And it, it means that like it's the opposite of the sun now or something, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. Know. I'm not definitely not a fan of that. But, there, but, dude, there's a ton that really is moving. And I'm like, wow. 
uh, definitely worth my whatever $10 or some measly sum that they, they charged me. That, that was, that was such a cool experience, man. And apparently they have like Uniqlo Fridays or something where it's like you go get like a ticket or something from Uniqlo and like you get in for free. I don't even know what the deal was. So if I buy a sweater at Uniqlo, I can get in for fucking free. <laughs> um, I, I dude, I, I don't know. Um, that's some good value clothing, man. I can tell you that much. <laughs> I will see. I've only ever seen it in two States. Like we definitely don't have that in the South. I've seen it in the Bay area in California and I didn't even know that's how it was pronounced. That's how uh, foreign I am. And then Tokyo, I saw it. Dude. So yeah. Uh, um, and I saw it in New York and that was it. Um, I figured it was, it was uh, Japanese, but you know, once again, we, we have H and M here. <laughs> but I, w- I went to the Uniqlo in Tokyo and it's the exact same shit as America, but because their inflation is more ridiculous. It's like a shirt here that would like be a value for $18, like 35 in Tokyo. It's oh, like, shit. It's nuts. Like well, I couldn't buy anything there. I mean, food and drink was fine, but like, I wanted to like get like a, you, they don't have t-shirts of the baseball teams. And they have great names like the ham fighters and shit like that. But you can only buy like the jerseys. It's like, it's almost like European soccer. You know what I mean? Like they don't brand into all the different ways. We, we micro license everything into a thousand products. So you can't get like a fucking a baby bottle with the Tokyo Tigers logo. So I was like just looking at like a baseball jersey was like $200. I'm like, forget it. You know, not happening. Fuck out of here. I got to ride the subway, you know? Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, man, I definitely miss New York. I think uh, that'll be one of the first places I revisit once this is all over. Um, I don't know if I can live in New York, let alone the rest of my life. But uh, yeah. It's amazing definitely. what you can get used to fast. And you'll, you would miss the 24-hour convenience of it if you were, had it growing up. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, oh, um, you want anything in the world, you can get it at any time. Like, that's, that's the mm-hmm. incredible thing about it. But then it definitely got more crowded as I got older. And well, I was going to say like, what is the existential toll that that takes on your psyche after a while? You know what I mean? Like I just can't like as awesome as it was like every block, there's something captivating and there's something interesting and you know, like anything you need, like food, whatever. It's just a few steps away. But at a certain point, it's like, I don't want to, fucking see people i don't want to see concrete like this is just too intense like just well, that's, that's I why i wrote I an album. look at a field no you know what i mean that's why i wrote an album called meet me in death valley i wanted to where can i go to get the fuck away from all these motherfuckers you know like but mm-hmm. that, you're right like it can if and on a negative rougher day you can get into the mindset of having like just looking at all the people coming here as invaders and as gentrifiers and they're just making, I used to really go to this movie theater and now I got to buy a ticket online three weeks before because I can't get into anything anymore. And this place I used to go to is more expensive now because there's a billion people because now it's popular. That sucks. It's, you know, it's a city where the spot is blown up constantly, you know, but mm-hmm. then you just find the spot that's not busy and you just have to keep migrating because everything's on the move here and you can't get attached to anything because everything closes because it's too expensive anyway. So it is what it is. It definitely takes a toll on your psyche. It makes you a much different person than a person that grew up in even the closest cities. We might have a lot in common with Philadelphia and Boston and Chicago, but we are nothing like them either, you know, like, and we're nothing like LA whatsoever, you know? Yeah, man, it was definitely, um, culture shock, but for me, but, but one that I expected. So in a weird way, I was like relaxed and at, and at ease with my experience there. But yeah, man, like I lived in, a rural part of Georgia for five years. You know what I mean? And, um, 
I was used to looking at a field <laughs> every day. So that, um, that house Cragen was living in that was built in like 1705. Oh, yeah. over there. And it's see, by my standards, house. that wasn't even that bumfucky. You know what I mean? Like that was actually somewhat close to the perimeter. And you it was could a get- field train tracks. It looked like fucking stand by me. I know, I know, but in reality, you know, you can get in a car and be in the city in less than an hour from where he was. So, oh, actually, it was much closer than that. Yeah, it could be. It was pretty close to like the five points. I thought. Yeah, uh, I don't know if it. Oh no, no, no. He was southwest. No, he was southeast, and that was so all right. But it wasn't. I think we got there. You can make good time any way you slice it. You can make good time, but um, yeah, but I'm I'm telling you, man. Like I live two and a half hours south of the perimeter for a good chunk of my life. And um, literally in the middle of nowhere. And, you know, on the flip side, you want to talk about like taking a toll on your psyche that can too, like total isolation. Um, I think extremes, you know, have their, have their way of manifesting themselves in negative ways, but yeah, I don't know. I still, I think there's a part of me that's always going to long for that stasis, if you will, like just, yeah, just not having to worry about um, things changing because, like, life is, is is inherently chaotic and the human experience is just bizarre and nuts and that's just the nature uh, of, of being alive. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't know which I prefer, I guess, is what I'm getting at. Like, I don't know if I, if I had the choice, if I would, or had the chance if I would go back to that lifestyle or if I, like, eventually I want to move on to something more and actually live uh, in a place more analogous to where to where you grew up so yeah i feel like also the speed of it over time is making me write slower songs lately <laughs> really know, like that could be it you know i don't know at that age maybe where I, i'm slowing down a little bit with my strumming although we're all also recording the fastest stuff we've ever done too i guess hmm. i'm always going in two extremes at once i'm always getting lighter and darker it's the weirdest thing i don't know <laughs> like hmm. but that's, that's interesting because I'm, I'm also a person of my own age, but I'm also always a 19-year-old angsty, pissed-off person at the same time in, in all things. It's an interesting dichotomy, you know? But I feel, yeah, I was going to say, I, I feel like that paradox or that dichotomy um, is just inherent in the kind of music that we're both into because, you know, we like, uh, even though this isn't a band that I'm particularly inspired by much anymore, I feel like they embodied this sentiment really well, which is Alkaline Trio. The oh, songs... Yeah. The songs are really simple and the, the melodies are infectious and very bubblegum, but the content of the lyrics is not necessarily uh, happy all the time. And if anything, it's, it's very, very dark. And you, and you know, got, talk about the, the you occult, guys, like you, you can find different it. guys. Sure. To that, which you guys have that too, which is really good. You know, like you have two different artists coming in with different views and it gives you such a bigger, uh, it gives you like it's a bigger playing field to work on where you can do different types of lyrical content it's good to like have you know do do you when ollie has the songs does he write his own lyrics too or do you guys like mix that up or collaborate yeah for lp1 that that was the the dynamic and i feel like a lot of trios or a lot of bands that have two songwriters that's like that's usually how they divvy up the work right like okay i wrote the skeleton of a song or I wrote the majority of a song on my own in my bedroom. Let's flesh it out here. This is my narrative. And I feel like that approach is, is really effective and it's important and I I definitely don't reject it. But going into this next batch of songs, I kind of feel like we we've defied that to a large degree. Um, He's written some stuff that I've kind of taken liberties to be like, yo, like, is it cool if I sing this? And by the way, 
I've written an entire song and I just don't feel like I'm the person that needs to like tell this story or, or, or sing it for, for several reasons. You know, one being just, it's, this song is out of my singing range, but uh, yeah, that'll do. Um, you can tune your guitar down lower. That's yeah, <laughs> sure. But there's get to be a point where like, I, yeah, I can only do that. Okay. Maybe once, but then again, like, I mean, I have, that's a, that's a can of worms that I'll, I'll save everybody from going into, but basically, uh, yeah, man, like I feel like this, the approach to the, this next batch of songs is just totally different. Um, it's definitely not a, a segmented part where like, this is mine and this is yours. I'm really, really excited. Uh, I guess is, is, is what I'm saying. Um, you know, like I said, I've written stuff that, that he's going to sing all over and, and he's been gracious enough to give me some ideas to work with. And it's, it's more democratic and more collaborative, I think, than it's ever been. Um, which if it wasn't that way, I don't even know if our band could really continue in a meaningful way. Um, I'm just kind of, the older I get, the, the more I feel like I'm kind of running out of ideas, you know? Well, I feel like that certain days too, where I, I'll have a, a good span where I'm not writing shit and then I don't have any ideas. And then I wake up one day, I start jamming and I bust out three fucking good songs. And then that gets my directions going towards something, you know? I mean, it's totally possible. As long as you don't get to a point where like, you're just living in two different cities, doing two separate things and you do Basically, you create cut the crap from the clash, and it's a piece of garbage. That's that's when you got to recognize that and be like, no, don't put this out. <laughs> you know. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, like I, I I witnessed that happen too over over the last month. Like, oh, now I'm I'm feeling myself again. You know what I mean? Like, okay, I'm about to bust out these things that I really uh, believe in. So yeah, that that part of me is still there. I guess. Um, hey, Brian Fallon said he had nothing left to say, and then he wrote 45. You know, I mean, sure, yeah. And you know. I've been in that situation like 50 times over, um, over the course of of playing music. So not not let me let me rephrase. I've never written anything close to being that good. I'm saying I felt that moment of like I should just go do landscaping because I really suck at this and I got nothing else. Um, but then the next day you're like, wow, I wrote three courses that I really, I think has been the best I've written yet. Yeah. So you have that day and then you write AM and then you're like, yeah, you feel pretty good about it. Right. And then you put it on Spotify yeah, yeah. and I mean, it gets a hundred thousand fucking plays. Boom. So, Hey, you know, like that's gotta be pretty validating, you know, like, well, yeah, I mean, it's cool. Like, like at the local level, I mean, like, yeah, you, you like to see that kind of thing, but I can't really think too much about no, don't get wrapped up in metrics, but I feel like you kind of know where when you, when you, when you hit on something and you hit that one kind of great note that makes like your fucking heart star and you wrap a, a song around it, you kind of know sometimes that under the right circumstances, when that gets released, that people are going to feel it, you know, and that's a cool thing. Sure. Now I will say now more than ever, because maybe I felt like there, I, I've had so many moments of, Oh, I got nothing else to say. Now I know when something's good. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't, if a song does not just crank itself out within 10 minutes, I am not going to try to, you know, I'm not going to like try to turn water into wine. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to just sit here and, 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 you know, if it happens, awesome, let's go with it. And if, you know, if this idea is not working, I'm going to put the fucking guitar down. I'm going to do yeah. something else. I um, think that that's good to a degree definitely certain songs do just take a while for whatever reason and i can tell you like we have on the last record that we just did fall south a song that was kicking out for eight years and then we did it and there's gonna be one on the next record that was a holdout from that one and another song from like six years ago 
just because you start to compile them over time, you know, and they were good, but the, the timing wasn't right sometimes. Sure, but would it be a stretch to say you found yourself in situations where like, okay, you have like the, the, the idea, the idea is there, the sentiment is there, you've got the right chorus or, or the, like the foundation is where you want it. It's just, it might be a structural issue or like there's something that you got to, some sort of nuance that you've got to change to make the song fully. Yeah, realized. you're right. It See, that's like it that's the shit. difference. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm saying. If I'm starting from like, I can't even get the foundation where I want it. I can't get like this, this, if I feel like I'm going through the motions, I won't do that for eight years on a song. I'll just say, you know what? Like, fuck it. I'm going to go to the next thing now. Sure. Have I had a chorus kicking around for a long time and I just couldn't find the right structure to copy and paste it in for lack of a better term. Absolutely. Like that's always going to happen. But, um, I won't sit and try to write a melody that won't write itself. Yeah. I mean, the funny thing is that for one song, this one song, White Spiders, which we tracked for the, for the new record, that's been kicking around for a long time. And it was, it came down to that was going to be on Death Valley or this song Flatline. It was one or the other. And we were playing this gig with Story of the Year and some dude chucked a 24 ounce beer like this into my frigging guitar while we were playing that song. I'm like, all right, I'm not, the song is getting shelved. <laughs> I don't know. Like, <laughs> It, that wasn't the only reason, but I was like, all right, that's a deciding factor. Maybe people, if there's a song we're playing and a crowd gets restless and throws beer at you, then all right, you know, that's, sure. that's a good point. That's a good, that's a good litmus <laughs> test for not only music, but just anything in life. If you're getting shit thrown at you, maybe stop what you're fucking doing. Yeah, well, sometimes, look, sometimes it's fun to be the Blues Brothers, too, and fucking have a bunch of bottles thrown at you. When yeah, you're that's age, fair. You know, so whatever. But hopefully uh, nothing... Uh, like that ever happens to you anywhere, you know? Europe's a lot nicer than yeah, you here towards punk, so you guys should be okay, you know? Yeah, that's true. But, uh, yeah, man. Yeah, no doubt, man. I'm, uh, I think we could, uh, we could lock it down now. I think we've done good, man. And, uh, yeah, really we, we hit, you. uh, well over an hour. Yeah. Sweet. You've gone longer than anybody, man. You're long and strong and down to get the oh, friction yeah. on, and I appreciate that, man. <laughs> I, this is the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. <laughs> I mean, well, dude, definitely keep rocking. The Carolyn is a sick band, and I'm definitely, you know, proud to be label mates with you guys and to definitely keep telling people to check it out because, like I said, those songs fucking crush, man. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't just blow smoke up their ass. It's good well, shit. Well, thank you. Know? Thank you so much for, uh, for spending time with me. I really appreciate it. It gets kind of, like I said, uh, discouraging in these times where I don't have a whole lot of social interaction. So I appreciate you taking the time. Hey, man, you can, uh, you can hit me on, uh, hit me up anytime you want. You know, that, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I'm going to start a podcast and have you on. Do it. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> All right, brother. Well, I'm going to say goodbye now. And uh, it's been real, man. Thanks a lot. Peace. Peace.